0: hi everyone we are back for our fourth ever episode for iyna podcast and today we will be talking about sleep and more about insomnia and hallucinations so my name is matthew i'm 17 and i go to hks my pronouns are he him
1: hi guys i'm clarinda from harrow international my pronouns are she her and i'm 16 (laughs) Hello, my name
2: is Ellie. I go to
3: HKS, I'm also 16, and my pronouns are she, her. Hi guys, my name is Audia. I also go to HKS, I am 16, and my
1: pronouns are she, her. Awesome. So today guys, uh, we're going to be talking about sleep, because multi- multitudes of studies report that we as a society are becoming increasingly sleep deprived. And this is concerning as extensive clinical literature highlights the link between sleep deprivation and acute psychotic states. Oh,
0: <laughs> uh. um,
1: what a bright note to
3: start off on. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So as we're talking about sleep today, I'm just going to give a, just a quick crash course on what that is in like a neuroscience context. So then we can actually start exploring like the other parts of sleep that are less normal, but very, very interesting to look at. Um, so, first, we sleep every day because we have this circadian rhythm in our body, which is just essentially our body has its own clock um, and it just gets us to fall asleep every night. And it usually happens when conditions are dark. So, it's like the lighting is dark um, and like we're in a position where we can fall asleep more easily, so not standing up. Um, and so, there, while we sleep, there are hormones that go through our body. So, these are just chemicals um, and they just affect the way that we sleep and they help us sleep better. Um, and so, the whole part of the brain that controls this is actually the hypothalamus. So the hypothalamus is a part of the brain that also helps with balance and like regulation. So it regulates your body temperature, it regulates your food, it regulates your hunger, it also regulates your sleep. Um, And so there's an area in the hypothalamus called the SCN, or the suprachiasmatic nucleus. And so this is the part of the the hypothalamus that actually helps you with sleep. Um, And so that's just like the whole neurological basis of sleep. Um all right. Sorry for the banging there. <laughs> um so when we sleep, we're mainly split into two stages of sleep. We have REM sleep and non-rem sleep. Um so REM sleep is the one that I think everyone knows is the one where your dreams are the most vivid. Um it's the one where you get like the highest quality of your sleep. Um, And it usually starts in 10-minute intervals and then gradually lengthens as you transition in and out of REM sleep into non-REM sleep. And so non-REM sleep is usually lighter, but there's some deeper sleep, but it's generally the lighter sleep where you don't dream as much. All right, so why do we actually sleep? Well, there's a bunch of theories, but the most prominent one is that we sleep to consolidate memories and information that we have um, both throughout the day and also throughout the week. Um, so one study was actually conducted in like 2000 that found that fast waves actually alternate with slow waves in the brain. Um, and so the alternating of this creates these spindles in the brain, and these spindles help create new channels in the brain. And that's, these channels are the ways our brains communicate information across the brain. Mm-hmm. And so once our brain creates all these new channels with like the spindles and the fast wave and slow wave that we have during sleep, it actually helps us with learning, it helps us with memory, and it helps us make connections. And so, really, really interesting stuff, and that's pretty much the whole, the really, really, really basic crash course on the neuroscience and neurology of sleep. All right, that sounds good. So, I'm gonna ask you guys a question. COVID came. Oh my gosh, it's been a, like a lifetime. COVID came like
3: <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. Um, how so.
0: how have you guys been sleeping since Oof. COVID started?
3: <laughs> Badly. Um, <laughs> not well i didn't have the best sleeping schedule before but like <laughs> COVID definitely did not help
0: yeah
1: i think my sleeping schedule has been so bad i can't remember what life like was before <laughs> honestly, you know i same. can't tell yeah. if it's been worse or if it's actually better
2: you know honestly saying yeah. i think since i've been like just staying at home more i'm just more tired during the day and more awake at night it sucks yeah yeah for um, sure yeah
0: That's really interesting. And what you guys said um, is that actually it's corroborated in these studies. So two thirds of people are actually sleeping either more than they normally do or less than they normally do um, just because of COVID. Um, And so today I'm going to be talking about um, sleep disorders and mostly about insomnia, which is just a medical condition, which is characterized by having difficulty maintaining a good quality of sleep um, for like, I think it's two months. Um, and if you continuously do that then you have chronic insomnia all right and so um some of the causes of this is just stress anxiety and changes in the daily routine so like clearly covid is the cause of a lot of this like covid causes a lot of stress a lot of anxiety um Mm -hmm. and i think one of the biggest things it does is it disrupts the daily routine um and so like for example i think you guys know for like online school it's like our whole routine is being shifted i know that I don't wake up until five minutes before class starts. <laughs> I don't know if that's true for you guys.
2: <laughs> <Call out> Same. <laughs> Same.
0: Yeah. So um, we don't have a super great like sleep routine, and we're just waking up at the very last minute that we can. We don't really have a separation of like work and life-life. Mm-hmm. It's just like all bunched up and mingle together. Um, and the changes to our daily routine, which we normally do when we have in-person school, um, is pretty not good for our sleep schedule right? it messes with the brain it messes up with the internal clock and the circadian rhythm that we were talking about earlier um and so clearly it has helped people sleep worse and some people sleep more than they should and some people sleep less than they should um and then another big thing covid has brought is like a virus because covid is a virus and it's a pandemic and so
2: whoa i didn't know holy oh, <laughs>
0: i know right? quite revolutionary mm-hmm. So um, people do have fears about contracting the virus and they also have fears um, about just loved ones contracting the virus um, and just even sometimes a lack of social interaction being like a huge, huge, huge factor in that. Um, But like these fears and anxieties and like even sometimes have FOMO is a big part of why people are um, sleeping less or sleeping worse. And it's just because of all of this is brought upon by COVID. So I think it was really interesting to just look at how COVID has affected the way people sleep. Um, and so how do we actually deal with some of this? Well, some people might say sleeping pills. What do you guys think about sleeping pills?
3: <laughs> uh, oh, you got to be careful with them. Yeah. Didn't Michael Jackson
2: die because he overdosed? Sleeping oh, pills? I, oh,
3: did, not right? know I that. did not know <laughs>
2: that. But <laughs> damn. i remember reading about it somewhere. Maybe, possibly. All um,
0: right. Yeah. So, so sleeping pills, they've The sales have actually doubled or tripled since COVID started, but doctors don't really recommend it because a lot of it is placebo effect. So it doesn't work out so well for a lot of it. Um, And so eventually, like your placebo will wear off. And especially once you start losing faith in the pill, then -hmm. the pill doesn't really work anymore. Kind of like meditation, if you're watching the last episode. (laughs) And so... Um, it's not really recommended. Another thing is that pills, um, just like your brain gets used to it and then they start like craving these higher and higher levels until it gets unhealthy. And so sleeping pills are not a great way to treat insomnia, even though a lot of people do do it. Finally, sleeping pills also reduce low wave sleep which is just the deepest non-REM. So remember we are talking about two sleep stages, one of them is rapid eye movement. So that's the deepest, but there's also deep non-REM stage. And so um, sleeping pills actually reduce this, which hurts people's memory. Um, and so a lot of doctors recommend against sleeping pills. All right. So going back to insomnia. Like, sorry, What you oh. said about
2: like the placebo effect of like sleeping pills. Is that kind of like why some people drink like milk? Before they go to bed, and they
0: they say it helps. Huh. Honestly, yeah, I feel yeah. like the placebo effects would be pretty pretty substantial in like a lot of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I think I had some like pre bed rituals, which I'll talk about later. Um, and I was like, "Wow, like I'll sleep great after these," and then I do. So, I think placebo yeah, plays a big role in a lot of stuff.
3: Fair. Mm. I mean, like with the milk thing, though, I think that's more so just like your I don't know, like the comfort of like drinking something warm. Mm. True. That could definitely play a part, but like I feel like it definitely would play into the placebo effect, so just like being like saying to yourself like this act will like it will make my sleep better, mm-hmm. kind of like positive yeah. psychology, yeah, yeah. Like, affirmations yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I also didn't know that you guys can drink your milk warm. I never <laughs> heard of that What? what, how, what? Do you, how do you make your milk warm? Do you put it in a pot what? When yeah. you
1: can, how do you milk? You mouth? can, oh my God, you can like you know, warm it up on the stove or put it in the microwave. Yeah. You don't I just mean how do you? You don't have milk. warm milk. What no, I
0: have cold milk. Disgusting! I've never I have warm milk. Huh? Yeah.
1: I bet you've had warm milk before. <laughs> this is so it's not COVID that's affecting Matthew. The <laughs> <It's laughs> <what laughs> <we laughs> realization we, so we figured out milk? this episode. <laughs> oh my god oh my
0: lord all right moving on um in hong kong specifically actually some studies in Asia actually looked at the insomnia situation in hong kong and they found out um in pretty much every single wave of the virus about one third of people have covid insomnia. so that's actually like super super high when like in china it was like one in ten and in the u.s it was also around one in ten the fact that it's one in three here in Hong Kong is really high compared to the rest of the global population. Oh, um, wait, one thing to note: know... oh, yes, I think I'll get to that later. One oh. thing to note is that um, middle-aged adults are worse off than older adults. So middle-aged adults are like four times more likely than older adults, and this might have to do with like sleep schedules. Being um, older adults are more awake in the morning, so waking up early isn't super affected by COVID, um, and then they're going to sleep early anyways. But then if you're, like, staying up late, um, I guess, like, then having to wake up late and then the whole schedule of, like, being tempted to push your wake-up time back because you're tempted to wake up later, like, I feel like that would have sort of an effect on it.
3: Do you think, though, like, doesn't Hong Kong have, like, a substantial, like, older population, though?
0: It does. It does have a substantial older population.
3: So could that, like, kind of play into, like, the whole one-third? of people just because there's like a higher population of middle-aged adults honestly
0: that could that could definitely be a big big factor in it Mm. um another thing was um people who were um, better off economically like or had less economic stress they also were less susceptible to COVID insomnia and I guess um some of the elderly in Hong Kong um they they are economically like they're not necessarily economically stable but they're not in like super under a lot of pressure to try to get a lot of funds because the government does do subsidies so they can sort of get by but a lot, for like a lot of middle Asian adults especially I think it's really competitive um, and there's like a lot of social pressure to succeed a lot so I think that could definitely also contribute to it mm-hmm. all right um, so you were asking what were some factors in Hong Kong and I think honestly the biggest biggest factor is that Hong Kong is, like, crazy, crazy densely populated. And so, mm-hmm. like, houses are really, really small. Um, and so, like, the effects of having to stay at home, I think, is, like, compounded substantially just in Hong Kong, just because, like, everyone has to stay in a really tight space. You've got to see the same people. And then your routines are, like, messed up a lot, because a lot of people's routines, like, involve going out. Um, yeah. And then when that, like, gets completely destroyed and bricks, like, that's not going to be very good for your sleep schedule either.
3: So, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah,
2: like what happened earlier, like, with Adia's mom, like, calling her and, like, her to the room. <laughs> so
1: we were cutting that out. <laughs>
3: like, we can at- just cut that whole sequence out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or we can keep it in.
3: <laughs> Let's
1: not. <laughs>
0: um, you guys will find out if we kept it in or not. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that's pretty much what people have found about insomnia in Hong Kong. Um, and then... Another thing that I briefly talked about, but I want to expand more is that um, stress and anxiety also affects the the brain and the way we sleep. Um, and so one example of this is like when we have REM sleep, we have dreams. And like I was talking about earlier, like dreams and sleep are a good way for our body to consolidate the information that we have throughout the day or just process memories or process information. Um, and so when a lot of that information that's coming to our body is really stressful and really filled with anxiety, like our body's going to try to process that through dreams, but then these dreams are going to become like distressing. They're going to become stressful. And then it's going to be like, you're, you're going to get worse sleep because your dreams are not pleasant, but they just like exponential forms of like what you experience in everyday life. So it's kind of, um, I guess it's kind of intuitive that stress and anxiety does harm sleep but it's also interesting how it actually does that Um, a neurological basis for this is that for those who have insomnia their limbic system actually flashes a lot more when they sleep um, than they do actually if they don't have insomnia and so this actually causes them to have more bursts of REM sleep and shorter bursts of REM sleep um, which kind of makes sense given that like their dreams are stressful and anxious And so just having a lot of these flashes of REM sleep and not having a lot of long REM sleep or deep sleep is not very good for, again, like sleep schedule. And then it will help with developing chronic insomnia. So yeah, that's like, those are a few things um, neurologically and psychologically that um, we can do it. So um, another problem with having a poor sleep schedule is that like we're less able to cope with our emotions, we have worsen off memory, worse mood, worse attention, our metabolism um, of the chemical adenosine in the brain, it decreases, um, and so then we get less sleepiness, because I think it's like a survival mechanism for our body, just because we've evolved to like, if we're under stress and anxiety, or like we feel like we're in danger, that we like stay more awake or more aware or alert of our surroundings. Mm-hmm that's kind of like a cool application of things. And then one more interesting fact I want to share with you guys is that um, the stressful and anxious dreams that they found in COVID-19, like people who were living through the pandemic, um, they didn't even necessarily contract the virus. But for people who are living through the pandemic, a lot of their dreams resembled the dreams of those who went through 9-11 or the dreams of people who went through wars. And so like the anxiety and the stress of the whole pandemic has actually taken a big toll on the way people sleep, on the way people dream. Um, and that's why like COVID-19 has such a big effect on insomnia. Well,
2: so, yeah. So COVID has just been like this one huge traumatic event for everyone involved.
0: Yeah, honestly. But like sometimes... It's actually such a fever dream. Like I'm not even. I don't even know what we've been living through for the past <laughs> two years.
3: Genuinely, I feel like it's literally 2020 has just been like this long two years combined. Yeah. It's, like yeah. I feel like time is both passing so fast, yeah. Like, not at yeah. all.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great way to put it. That's exactly how I feel.
0: Yeah, It's look, fest. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's a bulk of the stuff that I have about COVID insomnia, and I hope you guys like learning about it. So I'm going to pass it on to Clorinda to talk about.
1: Thank you, Matthew. Although Matthew very graciously talked about how everyone experiences sleep sleep deprivation, insomnia, I like to think about the extreme of sleep deprivation. (laughs) And I will now talk to you guys about the sleep hallucinations that sleep deprivation can bring you. Because only a few studies have been conducted in the past 20 years, because although extreme sleep deprivation studies were actually really popular within the neuropsychology oh. community in the first half of like the 20th century, they are no longer <laughs> considered ethical at all. And in yeah. most countries, actually, are now prohibited yeah. by law, resulting in the majority of insight we have on sleep deprivation and sleep-deprived like hallucinations being provided from like past studies and accounts so what are sleep deprived hallucinations what would be your definition of sleep deprived hallucinations huh well um i guess when you're really really tired
3: um certain Mm. parts of your brain can be lit up i guess not irrationally but like kind of unprompted Mm. does that make sense they can like run because (laughs) you're
1: tired and your body isn't working properly i don't
3: know
0: That makes me
2: like you know how people talk about their like sleep paralysis demons. Oh God! Oh yeah, that is an interesting. Would would that be considered like a sleep deprived hallucination?
1: That's a good question.
2: We don't
1: know because. (laughs) An exact symptom profile for what classifies a sleep-induced hallucination does not currently exist in the DSM-5 or other psychiatric oh. classifications. I checked a lot of them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> However,
1: they can still be diagnosed by like a like a neurologist or a psychologist mm-hmm. based on like the sensory modality and like the most commonly affected by sleep loss like the visual modality and also mm-hmm. somatosensory changes are the second mm-hmm. most common followed by the auditory modality yeah okay. wow those must be scary i know so imagine you're sleep deprived oh God. not to... hard to imagine but now imagine you're really <laughs> sleep deprived <laughs> tell me what you believe your sim- the onset of your symptoms would be just like I have actually been so
3: tired that, like, I've heard, I I thought I heard someone calling my name. Like, not repeatedly, but, like, I'm just, like, it was a weird experience. (laughs) Like, just saying, like, yeah. "Yeah." And they were, like, no one called
0: your name. Not me, but uh, my psychology teacher, she used to be in the military, and she was part of this experiment where people had to be sleep deprived. And so she went one, two, two, and then three days without sleep. And she was, like, okay. But then on the fourth day, she was like she started seeing stuff, so she had to shoot a sniper at a target. And then she had the sniper, and she thought she saw a target, and then she saw like another guy running. And she was like, "What? Like who is that?" So <laughs> then she like she said she tried to shoot the like the guy or the target. I don't remember. And then she shot like wildly, completely off. Oh, um, and so like her whole sense of reality was completely distorted. Wow, so...
2: Matthew, Matthew.
0: Oh yes. <laughs> the most important. I,
2: the most important part. The fact that like as the guy was running towards her, she thought she thought like it was Chewbacca.
1: What? Oh my god. Oh wow. she <laughs> thought it was Chewbacca. Okay. Oh my that changes god. everything.
2: I mean, that I changes the whole narrative. She also like told another story about like the whole sleep depra- like de- the sleep deprivation experiment. She was talking about how she was trying to dig a trench and she said it was like the fastest, like best trench she had ever dug. And then later on when she was looking at like video clips of the experiment she noticed that the trench was only like a foot deep and that's why she couldn't get into it and that's why she did it so like dug it so quickly
3: (laughs) effective trenching 101 (laughs) oh yes psychology (laughs) baby
1: (laughs) although this isn't i've written this i haven't written this down but like both audia and matthew have brought up really important points because like one of the most like first common hallucinations that i think i talk about later is people hearing you, like call your name. That doesn't even require like long durations of sleep deprivation. It can actually be mm. short periods of continuous sleep deprivation. And also mm. when I was researching the two most common research subjects are people in the military and university <laughs> students. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Students, These are the most common. Makes sense.
0: The students don't and even people. need to be taken out of their natural environment. They just like <laughs> us do and they're for like, extra show us your thing, do your thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do your thing. You're doing so well, sweetie. <laughs> <clears throat> And although there isn't like a specific criterion for these sleep and like deprived hallucinations, prevalent trend symptoms will follow and evolve with obviously increasing time spent awake. Mm-hmm. Misperceptions in different sensory modalities will have different onset times. Like the first twenty four hours show basically few to no changes because we kind of all go through that but after 48 hours some psychological symptoms and perceptual disorders begin to advance like one night without sleep leads to like mild visual distortions regarding like Mm -hmm. perception of depth and size and shape followed by simple visual hallucinations and then after 50 hours there are complex visual and auditory and sometimes multimodal hallucinations and um Disordered thinking begin, like starts on the second day, with illusions typically starting by the third day, both increase in frequency over time until the fifth day, which is sometimes referred to, and this is my, my favorite thing to learn one reason this, which is sometimes referred to as the turning point by neurologists. The symptoms disso- <laughs> distort into a clinical profile resembling acute psychosis or toxic delirium. And, these wow. are, and it's characterized by ad- psychotic symptoms, persistent hallucinations, oh which further gosh. adds to the evidence linking sleep and psychosis. So oh. what other, in your opinion, besides me rambling on, on sleep-deprived hallucinations, what other like significant neuropsychological symptoms do you think there are that come from extreme sleep, sleep deprivation?
3: Oh, I feel like, uh, oh, neurophysiological... I don't know if this counts, but like appetite. Oh, um, good. like appetite. I, I feel like I would expect loss, but I feel like increase could also be it.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that you, makes sense. Would you be able to create a list of significant oh. neuropsychological symptoms in order of how prominently noted you think they are within research?
3: Oh, oh my god. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Well, Well, I- I I did (laughs) And we we start with mood changes described Uh, in more than 76- I got a calculator out for this- 76% of studies as unprovoked anger, aggression, hostility, apathy, anxiety, and depression. Second, disordered thoughts, confusion, and generally bizarre behavior are reported in 66% of studies, including, but not limited to, difficulty with attention span, which mm-hmm. I'm surprised none of you guys mentioned.
3: Oh, yeah. Wow. Thinking, <laughs> yeah.
1: Which refers to, like, the difficulty to form cohesive thoughts and keep, like, a continuous strain of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's also nonsensical speech, uh, memory loss, motor and coordination, instability, and ataxia. Um, third mm-hmm. yeah. is dissociation. Wait, What's ataxia? ataxia? Ataxia is, like, an inability to perform, like, coordinated voluntary movements. And it may oh, be, I like, see. it's a symptom of, like, various disorders, such as, mm-hmm. like, multiple sclerosis or cerebral yeah. palsy yeah. or something okay, that, like that. Okay, that's
2: bad because I'm unable to perform, like, coordinated movements even when I'm fully rested, so.
3: Oof. <laughs> well, you're just Now imagine special. what you would be with multiple sclerosis. <laughs> Walking
2: disaster. <laughs> <laughs> The, um,
1: the third most noted was dissociation and depersonalization <laughs> <yeah>.
0: <laughs> which
1: doesn't really need like extreme sleep deprivation but it but it happens and basically oh and i have a quote from this too we're basically we're subjects from the specific study study i read felt estranged from their surroundings and, and others and that was seen in like 52 percent of studies and in a study on psychological problems associated with sleep deprivation in interns Like university interns provided quotes from the subjects, and this is my favorite thing. And this is a quote: "I feel as if I'm not really all there. I am discontinuous. Period. I feel discontinuous. Period. And I thought, and I thought perhaps I might be somebody else. So I asked my buddies, and they said I was just myself.
2: Oh 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 my god, God. that is a
3: perfect way of putting it.
1: I know that really is. I am discontinuous." I am discontinuous i feel discontinuous and basically it was found in kind of I all know. the subjects that there were sensations of like splitting and detaching and observing your body from a distance was also very prevalent yeah and,
2: like an out-of-body experience
1: yeah where they oh like that's God. dissociation when you physically dissociate from yourself
2: Whoa. yeah
1: yeah and then wow. the fourth most common within 42 percent of studies was delusions that exhibited, like, a range of classic delusional themes matching the profile of schizophrenia spectrum disorders. In a study on the effect of amphetamine mm-hmm. sulfate and some barbiturates on the oh. fatigue produced by prolonged weakness recorded that one participant, and again, I, I have a lot of quotes because they're all hilarious. This one's funny, not haunting. They felt responsible for the Egyptian Israeli conflict, and that a female secret agent in Florida was trying to get him to return to the Suez Canal.
3: What?
0: Oh my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That is and... extremely
3: specific, but I don't think. Is, is the specificity always like, is, is that like a
1: common thing? it really does depend on the person but also specific it doesn't it may seem specific to you but it could be common to them because it is relative to what they do so if this person was like really fluent in current affairs this could be just general for them oh i see i see Mm -hmm. yeah and also another research article on like mania following sleep deprivation like deprivation recorded that a patient had the conviction that his gosh, fellow stop. participants were plotting to kill him and were going to stab him in the back with a penknife, yeah. like in oh, one of the
2: Oh, my like, not at all creepy. Wow.
1: Huh. But that is very common. Paranoia and paranoia delusions are always one of the first things you see in sleep deprivation.
3: Mm. Mm. I guess that makes sense with, like, your, like, I guess there's, like, the duality of, like, kind of being very, like, skittish, you know, like, very easily stimulated by things. So, like, your fight fight and flight response is, like, very active. Ah. And then, like, also, I mean, like, you're also just, like, very groggy. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and you're, like, not in reality, but it- it's, like, a weird duality, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The last most common one was, like, lastly, distortions in the sense of time were reported in studies. Like, as time without sleep increased errors in time, Judgment occurred more frequently and like gross temporal distortion, like disor- yeah. disorientation was very mm. common, obviously. All right. Mm. So sense. now we're going to come to the most neurology heavy part of this. Yay. Why Ooh. do people experience hallucinations when sleep deprived? Give me your theories. Oh. Ooh. Okay.
0: Is it like they don't have sleep, so then there's like random flashes of electricity in their brain? like random spindles and then this cause like a bunch of stimuli to happen and then your brain thinks it's happening but it's not oh like yeah it is it sort
2: of yeah is it sort of like you're dreaming when you're awake like mm. your brain starts to do what it does when it's dreaming except you're also like awake i don't know
1: huh. these are all very valid theories
2: and you're gonna just say we're completely wrong
0: There's because be we bite.
1: all no because we still don't know. Uh, no one has any Oh,
0: guys, I think we discovered it. Is as it? I no, we Hong didn't. Kong. You guys
1: didn't.
0: Oh.
3: Is it you're like not- um the like? I'm assuming it would be like similar circuits or similar like brain regions that are activated with like the positive symptoms of schizophrenia. And like of course, when I say positive, you, well, you know what yeah, I mean. But like, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I think audio is closest to what I centered my research around because basically like initially the visual network appears gradually compromised with similar effects on the somatosensory and auditory modalities mm-hmm. and cognitive domains and then the graph starts with like blurred vision, diplopia, visual distortions and illusions and final and like finally multiple multiple sensory modality hallucinations mm-hmm. which means like auditory like physical visual because hallucinations isn't just something that's visual. Right. Um, and then and although you guys all gave, gave great theories, which one day could prove to be true, um, there the exact neurocognitive mechanisms behind are still completely unknown. And as the neurology behind sleep has yet to be fully interpreted, I'm gonna now explain to you the hypothesis that I found was most common related to neurotransmitters in the cholinergic system. Perfect. So basically, mm-hmm. the symptoms caused by sleep deprivation, which is what Audia mentioned, share similarities with a profile of psychosis. Involvement of dopam- a dopaminergic, noradrenergic, and serotonergic processes, such as in <laughs> schizophrenia. Yes, While there is evidence that very high levels of dopamine in the limbic system play a significant mm-hmm. role in the emergence of hallucinations and illusions. Um. Furthermore, because of significant impact of sleep deprivation on visual processes, researchers have speculated on cholinergic, like which is ACh transmission, because of its role in this visual sensory modality. And the absence of external perceptual signals, the cholinergic system can spontaneously produce excitatory signals to the sensory areas, which are like vital vital mechanisms and implications like hypnagogia, which is a visual disorder and dreams and would support the involvement of the occipital frontal acetylcholine and depletion mechanisms, which Whoa. is kind of what Allie brought up oh. with the idea of dreaming while you're awake, uh-huh. although uh-huh. that neurocognitive mechanism isn't right, it's, it has the similar idea. Basically when you're so tired and nothing's going on, your cholinergic system can be like, let's just start making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. So interesting. Yeah, that is
3: so Wait, so sorry. Uh, I'm going to be dumb for asking this, but when you said A-C- ACH, what what was it you said? ACH,
0: A-C-H cholinergic. A-C-H. A-C-H is a neurotransmitter.
3: Uh, acetylcholine, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Or are yeah. we talking about something different?
0: Yeah, ACH is a. Okay, okay, right,
3: right, right. Okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to
1: clarify that.
0: Great, yeah. Brain is, yes.
1: And also, if people don't know, because I realize people might not know, um, the cholinergic system is, like, the part of your autonomic, like, nervous system that reacts to, like, neurotransmitter, ACH, acetylcholine, and choliner- and cholinergic drugs, that part. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Wait, Anyways. so it,
0: it, just, it just, like, does stuff whenever ACH gets shot?
1: It's not yet confirmed. <laughs> but it's the <laughs> hypothesis, because... The thing uh, is, is you're combining hallucinations, which neurology doesn't know how it works. Right. And sleep, which yeah. very famously, we have no idea how it works. <laughs> and we're putting them together. So we're like, the hypothesis are built upon other hypotheses.
3: Double confusion. Mm. Yeah.
1: I see. Reaching here.
3: <laughs> All oh. right. Well, hit us with the second one. That, that was the first and
1: second one. Oh, <laughs> the first. Oh. I already said the first one before it. Oh, <laughs> cut oh, this part wait, out. What was Good to know one? that audience listening. The, the first <laughs> one was the schizophrenia
0: one, and the second yeah. one was the alley one.
1: The, oh, the, no, 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 no. The, the first Allie one thing. was the like the neurotransmitters, and like it must have the same like the first hypothesis is like because it has similar symptoms to psychosis, it must have the same neurotransmitters that are hypothesized to be involved in psychosis oh so that was like yeah, the
3: dopaminergic yeah. and serotonergic. yeah okay oh. I, see, I see.
1: no no that's what? that's oh. <laughs> that's talking about visual modality so that's looking into just hallucinations and it's like this is what the hypothesis is for like visual modality issues so that must be able to link into sleep deprived sleep de- deprived hallucinations okay
0: Mm. Right. okay kind of, it's kind confusing of
1: because it. nothing is solid yes yes, yes. the the absolutely it could nothing. be possibly definitely doesn't help to solidify the, the like everyone yeah, could the just theory. have like a bug in your brain that controls sleep and that that's possible we really have no idea <laughs> if it didn't show up on mris we would not know uh, a <laughs> fair very very fair point
0: <laughs> all right okay. so, so bringing this back to your life, um, how can you get better sleep? So, we know a lot of you guys, um, including me, I went through a bout of insomnia over the summer. Um, how can you actually combat that and get better sleep? Well, one really, really important thing is a regular rhythm of non disturbed sleep. So, this actually goes beyond just what time you sleep and what time you wake up, but also just the daily routine throughout the day. Since we know that COVID messes with our daily routines, like how many of you guys eat breakfast before class? I do. do. Does wild class. I guess it's just me who does it. I eat it wild class. I'm in like first period
1: and I'm like putting my like mouth just for the camera.
0: (laughs) All right. Okay. That's kind of similar because that's different than what you would be doing on a regular school basis. So like you can just kind of see these subtleties of your daily routine get messed around because of COVID. And so the best thing to do is just reinstate the routines that you came pre-COVID because you've been doing them your whole life. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Like, you can wake up, eat your meals, um, go to school, end school, and then try to sleep and wake up at the same times as before the pandemic. So that would include, like, transportation time. Uh, And so that will help you guys get a good, good, good routine um, to try to combat insomnia. And then a few things that you can do is um, sleep hygiene. So there's, there's this whole theory that, like, Sleep hygiene is what you have to maintain to be able to sleep well. And so some of it is, like, try to get as dark of a room as possible. Um, Again, like, have a routine before bed and right after you wake up so that you can transition into your life and out of your life. Or not out of your life, but into sleep and into your life um, with ease. Um, And then try to get off screens 30, 60 minutes every single day. And then try to get off screens an hour before you go to bed. Um sometimes it's not possible because homework, but if you can, like try, try, try to do that because it will help you sleep a lot better, as most of you guys know with the blue light and stuff. Um and then for actually some things that are available outside of sleeping pills is CBTI treatment, which is cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. Um and so, so it comes up with a routine that will allow you to go to sleep at your when your body's ready. Um, so it helps you build a routine around your internal clock. So you go to a psychologist and they look at your life and they're like, oh, like you need to do this. You need to do this, um, to just fix your sleep routine and your sleep schedule. And so that's another way that you can combat insomnia. Um, and then finally, 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 um, the best way to fall asleep is just to stop trying to fall asleep, (laughs) which is why counting sheep works because you're not trying to fall asleep. You're trying to count sheep. And this has also worked a lot for me, I don't know if it's placebo effect, so if you're trying to fall asleep, just don't try to think that you're trying to fall asleep, and you will fall asleep much 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 better.
3: Yes, much easier said than done, for sure.
0: I know, because once <laughs> you're like, oh, I should stop thinking about this, and you get hyper aware, and then you're like, yeah. oh, but I'm thinking about yeah. this now, so I'm not going to fall asleep.
2: I feel like a lot of the time that happens to me, like right before some I'm like, I have to get a good mm-hmm. night of sleep, and then I, and then I don't, because I'm worrying too much about it. Exactly. I, I find. not know
1: how fun. to... Right. I didn't know how to or when to bring this up, but I've developed a really weird sleeping habit and I mm-hmm. and I think honestly it's I don't know if it's made it worse. It developed it like probably in the pandemic. I'm not sure when it happened. And this is completely true. Mm. I, I watch a kitchen nightmare episode <laughs> while I fall asleep <laughs> every night. I can't Oh
0: my god. And it has to be specifically it
1: has to be kitchen nightmares. I tried watching Hell's Kitchen wow. and other ones, but Kitchen Nightmares works the best. And I and I genuinely believe that if YouTube reported statistics on, like, who has watched the most things, oh, I, like, genuinely believe gosh. I have watched the most Kitchen Nightmare episodes. That is do, so do you ever re episodes? No, I, I have re-watched episodes. of Counting counted now. I, like, theoretically, I've re-watched every episode at least 20 times. Oh. Wow.
0: No way. What? Do you have, Are like, there...
1: a routine of, like, which episode you choose
3: based on, like, no, how you're feeling?
1: No, I... The thing is, is YouTube knows it too. Like, when I go on my phone at around 10.30, the second or first recommendation will be a 40... Like, it's normally 40 to, like, 50-minute episode of a Kitchen Nightmare, and it it always does Kitchen Nightmare. Like, it... it, I don't know if it's worsening my sleep, but I can't sleep without it. What about
3: Kitchen Nightmares really speaks
1: to you? I don't know. I guess you just... because in 2020, they they had their official account, right? Because I think some contract came up where they were allowed to now post it on YouTube. Oh. And I started re-watching them because I used to love watching them. And then I started realizing I could, I'd could i fall asleep to them super easily because I was trying to concentrate on it, but I would fall asleep. Oh. And now I, I don't even like watch it. I put it on and I'm already asleep in like the first five minutes. Oh. I could really have an entire That's
3: podcast just asking you questions about this. <laughs>
1: I didn't know when to bring it up. And I'm like not even joking. And it's such a weird thing to have developed. I think it's because I already knew. I can't sleep in the dark or silence. Oh, I have, oh. I've had a nightlight for ages. Aww. And I would always turn on the fan because I need sound. Oh, um, I way. can't sleep in silence. I don't know I why. the I, I, so I, same I, way.
2: I opposite. I, like when I have music on, I sleep the best. And I have to sleep in complete darkness. And if there's any noise mm-hmm. in music... I will not be able to sleep at all.
0: Oh. Like, when I had
1: sleep,
2: and sometimes I can hear him from my room, and that will disrupt my, my, my like, entire night of sleep.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, actually, I... Some, I some,
2: oh. Oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Right,
0: I have something kind of similar to Clarinda. Like, every single night, I have really? to listen <laughs> to this one album before I go to bed, and not the whole <gasps> thing. But, like, three or four songs from the album, Um, It's Evermore by Taylor Swift. <gasps> but it's it's, don't even start (laughs) the most peaceful album and I think my brain has been conditioned actually I think a lot of this like even with Clarinda is like conditioning that your brain is conditioned to associate like you watch Kitchen Nightmares okay like it's time to go to bed so that's like the whole basis of this whole like CBTI therapy is like developing these routines so that once you enter the routines you're your body's just like physically getting ready for bed so i think that's like what happens with me when i listen to evermore or Clorinda when she watches kitchen nightmares
3: <laughs> i mean i guess i have like a similar thing i guess like i like i def i like recently started like i guess like taking care of my skin so like i developed a skincare mm-hmm. routine mm-hmm. so like i, I know like near the night like when i do my skincare routine I know I am getting ready for bed and it's like, it's like how like people take showers like before they sleep. It's like a way to unwind. Yeah. Um, but I used to have to do this. Like there was this one sleep guided meditation really? on Headspace that I had to do. And it was like really my, it was like kind of my last resort when I really could not sleep. But like, um, I mean, I highly, highly recommend doing it. Um, it's, it's like on Headspace. You can get it for free. It's like pretty good. But like, yeah, like there was a solid period of time where like I would not sleep unless I like had that playing. Mm-hmm. Am I I'm just gonna of,
2: like when I have an exam or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: after this, I'm just gonna like send you guys like a nice nice screenshot right now. I'm <laughs> now. so curious. Well, let's do it after. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> oh yeah. After. Yeah. No. Yes. I, I don't know why it might be an issue we don't know it doesn't have
3: to be honestly you know what this is just like a great concluding thought anyways Mm -hmm. whatever works for you yeah (laughs) just I mean what's the harm (laughs) unless you're unless it's like really disrupting your sleep like schedule which of course like don't Mm -hmm. promote that but like if it's getting you to sleep if you're having better quality sleep because of it go ahead (laughs) Yeah. Life is too turbulent for you to care whether it's normal or not. Just go Absolutely. to sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to the fourth ever episode. And if you made it through all the way here, you are amazing. We I love you. you so, <laughs> we love so you. Much. Get some good sleep tonight.
3: And maybe watch some Kitchen Nightmares before you
0: to bed. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.